So, you think you want to work in factual TV. So did we. And here we are, making a podcast all about the different roles in creating television. Maybe you're just starting out, or hoping to move up the career ladder. And I grafted it because I just knew that that's what I wanted more than anything. I'm Lisa Fairbank. And I'm Julie Heathcote. The voice of We're ideas people. And we've got a lot, a huge amount of experience producing award-winning TV shows. Might not be realistic, it might not hit you're that channel. You're always so keen on that. Join us as we get the inside scoop on the reality of working in television. Anyone will tell you there's no glamour. And stay tuned to the end of each episode where we ask our guests for their five top tips for career success. So, Harry, tip number four. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. I really tried. I'm sorry. So today, Julie, I am very excited that we'll be chatting to long-term friend of Factory, Mark North, Director of Photography. D-O-P for short. Or camera person extraordinaire. Mark will have much to tell us, I'm sure. He's super experienced and has filmed on a ton of shows you'd have heard of. The Secret Life of the Zoo, Hospital, Miriam Margulies series. And worth checking out his Instagram too, at NorthyDP, to see all the famous faces he has worked with. I am sure there will be many an insight into the world of being a top TV camera personage. Hey, Mark. Nice to see you. Hello. When I first met Mark, he had just been a runner on Top Gear. That was a interesting job. Um, and it was quite fun. I was really into Top Gear. So actually it was at the time. So it was quite good. So you get to drive cars. You get to drive some fancy cars. Did you? But how do you get to be a runner? Because everybody must want to be a runner on Top Gear. I sent a really silly, it wasn't even an email. It was a text box on their website. And it said, fill this out and you might become a work experience it wasn't even a runner it was work experience so I filled this textbooks out and I just put something like yeah I make a really good cup of tea and sort of went to town on this cup of tea and made it a bit silly and it caught their eye and they employed me were you at school were you at, at university so I did international relations at university so and that was at Sussex but prior to that I did work experience with an editor in a post house in London in 1999 um on something called walking with beasts so i sat with an editor for a week and watched him cut um in soho and i thought yeah this is interesting but i don't want to be an editor now because i i realized how little autonomy he seemed to have that was my impression it actually isn't that way but that's what i thought so i thought well i don't want to be an editor but i i'm excited by filming stuff and i filmed some stuff my a-level art project so i was i thought well i like this so how did you get that gig then? Did you know people that worked in telly? So my art teacher, her next door neighbour owned the frame store in London, so that was quite helpful. So that sort of opened the door. It's a big post-production house. That is a big post-production house. But what I'm liking about that is the art teacher's next door neighbour. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's a lesson there, isn't there? Which is, yeah, use however tangential, however spurious, yeah. however embarrassing, yeah, just go for it. Just go for just it. it. Because we've all been there. Mm. Yeah. And when you get the phone call from your neighbour's pupil, you don't tell them to get lost. You do go, how can I help? Is that a job? Is it a job? Hello. Speaking is telemarketing. Now, I'm I'm busy at the moment. Thank you. No worries. Thanks. Bye. So that's that's how busy I am. Um, <laughs> it's uh, someone trying to sell me life insurance. Well, can you just explain to us then what a director of photography is? Because it does sound quite grand. It's a brilliant title, isn't it? So DOP, Director of Photography, means different things in different fields, I guess. So in feature films, it's slightly different. In 
factual it's slightly different and in docs it's probably slightly different again but it is a sort of posh name for an experienced cameraman or camera person camera operator essentially you can be in charge of a team you can be in charge of the look and lighting you can come on early and you can sort of come up with ideas for the project and so then you'll be researching images and ideas and how you're going to film something and try and add a sort of additional layer to the story and who are you working with to make that happen well it's usually with the director he looked at me then in a meaningful like way. it was you like you were the director sometimes it is with me which is yeah. great fun so that relationship is really crucial and so as a dop you want to try and get inside the head of the director asking questions um and then you'll work closely with them usually pre-production and or if not then you'll work with them on location and then you'll you know within a time limit try and achieve the very best that you possibly can describe the difference between your role and then that of a camera op so there's no real difference into i mean you're operating a camera i mean i operate a camera as a dop you don't have to but some jobs you won't but invariably you operate the camera but as a dop i guess you'll be in charge of other camera operators sometimes pds who are shooting and you'll be getting the team corralled and energized to shoot um, alongside the director who may not have time to do that. So it, you, you can sort of be in charge of a, a team of people and you want to get them excited and energized about projects as well and get them to think about how they can shoot it and get them or, or help them to improve. So there's a lot of that that goes on. And, and also it's within that time limit thing as well. So you, you want to give people tasks to do. It's taking ownership, isn't it, of the, of the visuals? Yeah, it's, but all, it's... Also, I guess you need to understand the audio as well because that does affect what's feasible in a location. Definitely. Yeah, so you always take into account the sound operator and what, or the sound supervisor and what they, they need, depending on the size of the shoot. If it's a really big shoot, sometimes the sound department are quite separate and, you, you know, there's levels of separation. So we should work out actually, or we should ask, how this progression works. So I was a runner in 2005 and then I did my first DOP job 2013. So it was about eight years. That's not bad. That's pretty speedy. Not bad, not bad. And I think in, I think in documentary, at that time at least, there was, you know, the opportunity to, to shoot on cameras. So um, I started at a small production company in Brighton called Lambent. That was the first paid job that I had as a runner and uh, it was a small company and often the directors weren't that keen on shooting because they were given a camera and, and they had to shoot and direct at the same time so I was quite keen to take the camera off them and do the shooting so they were quite happy with me doing that so I actually got to work loads and loads of really really good directors and learn how they operate and then how I could shoot for them so that relationship I sort of learned quite early on as a researcher you were lucky there actually because that is for for people that aren't in that you know situation it is how you get your hands on a camera and how you get trusted to use it. get trusted to use it and to still be able to learn from the directors well no i think that's really important actually i think to if you can see your rushes in an edit or if you can get into an edit or speak to the editor um that is that is another leap that i made in my path to DAP was talking to the editor and saying, what have I done wrong? They were like, sit down, Mark. Where do you want me to start? See, they tore me to shreds and they should have done. Painful to hear it though, isn't it? But it's also painful to watch what you've shot and realise 
that you've made you've it, missed, you've something. missed something or you've shot it in such a way that there are no cutaways. So the editor can't actually cut, cut a scene. single thing. I guess standardly camera assistance mm. is more the way yeah. that, that this plays out. But that wasn't something that you did, Mark. Because I started at Lambent and then the route there was runner, researcher, AP, director. So it's more production. So you're sort of going through the production route. I got to AP and I wasn't very good. I didn't like phoning people. And, I, you know, I was, a bit, I was a bit shy, honestly. But was there a point where you decided that it was a camera person was for you? Yeah, I thought, okay, I, I want to push this to see how far I can get. So I, then I started really learning and not... Because before that, I was sort of touting myself as a sort of jack of all trades. I think you can fall foul to that. I sort of thought, I, I like a bit of editing. I like a bit of, you know, directing. Do I want to do that? Or do I want to shoot? Or do I want to be a DOP? But then production managers get confused by that. They're like, well, what are you? But then by you making that decision, that's that's kind of, um, that is a brave one, isn't it? Because then you're cutting down your options and your potential um money-making streams because you're saying I'm going to do just this so how did that play out and what did you do I thought I would do what I want to make a film I want to I want to just have a go at it and Lambert Productions Emma Wakefield who runs that company very kindly offered me a director job it was a really sweet film and the premise was it was people that worked in a hotel that was fully functioning that had Down syndrome autism or mild learning difficulties so how did you find the experience of directing there? I loved shooting. I thought it was amazing. Um, really enjoyed that. And the, the relationship you get with contributors, love it. And, you know, really sort of making these stories and was given quite a lot of freedom, actually. And that was that was great. Um, and then went into the edit and that was when it got really tough, actually. I found that really, really hard because you've spent all of that time filming and then it sort of changes in the edit. And I found that quite tricky process and quite pressurised, actually. That is so funny then, Mark, because actually your job is quite pressurised. Like if you yeah. if you bugger up. Like um, if you don't film it, you can't edit it. Yeah. In the edit, you can fix quite a lot of stuff. I mean, I've fixed some shocking mistakes of my own in the edit that no one will ever know. But it's just funny, the idea of the day that you're filming is our most expensive day often on a shoot yeah. because you're, you are expensive and your kit's expensive. Um, so it is a high pressure thing, but that feels... But it's comfortable. I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. It's, it's, I, I don't feel the pressure from that. It doesn't matter how big the shoot is. But there is something around, um, and actually you're very good at this, Mark, there is that kind of staying cool and calm under pressure because not everybody is great at that and actually if your dop is flapping then then you are doomed along the way then are you having to keep buying kit i know this we know is, the we know this, this is question. true because that man has abused his credit card in front of me quite a lot buying kit so we know that's true but if you're somebody that wants to work in this area mm. do you have to be constantly buying kit definitely not no i know dops who haven't bought any kit or have in fact sold their kit and they just use hiding kit um, so you do not need to buy kit to be a DOP. Why the two different options? It's sort of like, it, well, it is. It's a business. So you you have your kit and you look after it and you you know, you know take care of it. You make sure it's all maintained properly. And then you can hire it out and shoot. It's a sensible thing to do financially. And also you can then do your own stuff. You can, you can learn how to use the kit better, perhaps, than you would. 
Um, that's my excuse anyway. Well, and what, what would be the downsides of having your own kit? Um, it goes wrong, it breaks, you need to repair it. It's quite expensive to repair. Um, you need to replace it. Cameras only last so long. Yeah, so you, you have to sort of factor in those costs and then budget for that. What sort of person would a, a DOP suit and what sort of person would it not suit? I think if you're interested in images of any kind, art, photography, um, film, um, particularly, I guess, um, then yeah, you you could be a DOP. Do you have to be techie and do you have to be strong? There's a lot of kit. There's a lot of kit. I don't think you necessarily need to be strong though, because you can. There there, there are ways of dealing with that. You can have there's an easy rig for holding a camera, um, which puts the weight on your hips. Um, so I don't think you need to be particularly strong. Techie is helpful, you know, it's part of it. You need to be techie to understand your kit and what you can produce. So you need to have an aptitude for technology. You don't need to be super nerdy about it. I think you have to be quite techie, Mark. I think you're under, if, if a DOP came yeah. to me and was not talking in the right yeah. terms, was saying, I'm not sure I'll need to look that up. I might be a bit like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, you are. Yeah, if you need to look things up, that's a problem. I it's, it's like you, you have to understand the tools that you've got. You've got cameras, you've got lenses, you've got lights. They all do different things. So you need to understand what things do. I guess I don't even realise I'm doing it, but I am on Instagram or I am on forums or I'm I'm looking at, you know, I pay for a, a subscription to a, a DOP who works in Hollywood and I, I followed that for, for years on how he likes stuff. So I, I guess I'm... I'm going I'm, to say you are a bit techie, techie. Mark, a bit nerdy techie, techie, but we like that. Okay, well done all. Let's end on the very useful top five tips for becoming a DOP. Number one. I think you need to be determined. I think you need to not be set back by things. So, you know, send your CVs. I mean, I must have sent over 100. So you, you just got to, you won't hear back from all of them, but you just got to keep pushing um, if you really want to do it. So I guess that's true actually in most trails, isn't it? I say that to people all the time. Just don't give up. And the other thing is that your random in a box on a website for a top gear work experience mm. i mean give it a go i mean it's yeah. a bit like entering a competition isn't it you've got to be in it to win it and just keep trying because you never know when the right email lands on the desk of the right person yes number two um i think you've got to be open to learning from other people so a lot of people come on and they think okay well i've got this idea and that's how we're going to do it and actually you just need to be open to ideas so listen to people who've got experience and take that on board and don't be shy about asking questions. Number three. You have to, as a DOP, be across new technology. Absolutely crucial. You do need to understand the technology that's out there. It's constantly updated. There are events every year. Go along to BSC. What's well, BSC, Mark? BSC is a show in London. Well, it's a show held in London, um, the British Society of Cinematographers. And you can go along to that. And loads of people are there. And they've got booths. And you can go and... They've got booths. Uh, there is That's why he goes. There is booths. Uh, <laughs> booths. Oh, booths. Yeah. And you can try out kit, so you can get hands on with you know cameras that are way out of most people's wildest dreams, and you can you can put lenses on, you can test them out. Number four. Um, I think you need to be super organised, so you can't go on a shoot and you've forgotten a cable that is going to make that camera work, and that can happen. So. Just make sure you've got two of certain cables. Just you've got to be quite organised. And tip number five. It's attitude, actually, is really important. So some people are grumpy as hell. And you don't want that energy on set because it just 
totally wipes out other people and it's actually quite hard to deal with um so if you bring a good attitude it goes a really really long way um to making things seamless yeah. and actually if you ask contributors about the experience of being filmed quite often they remember mm. they will remember the people that were behind the camera and that is a super positive part of their experience well mark thank you very much thank you so that's it for this episode of Is TV For Me. We'd love you to join us again. And there's lots more info on our website or check us out on Instagram. And do listen out for more from us wherever you get your podcasts.